This is the Pennyworth Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We are back with Pennyworth Season 3, Episode 6, Hedgehunters. You're quitting. I will be with you today and for your meeting tonight, but starting tomorrow, I think you're better off with somebody else. I don't want somebody else. Look, I just don't think I'm the best man for the job. Because we slept together? Yes. No other reason. That's reason enough. Then why do I feel like there's something you're not telling me? Welcome back, fellow governors to TV Podcast Industries and our chats all about Pettyworth Season 3, Episode 6, this time, Hedge Hunters. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow governors. I am one of your other hosts, John. Welcome back. Yes, this is the first time this season we're recording after the episode has aired. <gasps> it's not that we didn't have the episode in advance. It's actually because this week is big birthday week uh, for both myself and John. Uh, my birthday last week and John's birthday this week. So um, we decided to take a bit of time off and have, have some fun, some drinks, some parties, some yes. uh, went out to a gig, had a really good time and uh, and missed our slot that we normally record the podcast in. So, uh, so we're recording afterwards. But the good news is that means we got some feedback in on this episode as well as the past episodes, which is kind of yeah, cool. Good stuff. Yes. Yeah. Keep the feedback coming in. You can send it to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com mm-hmm. through email. We also have our spoiler-filled post over on facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tvpodcastindustries. Yeah, absolutely. So big happy birthday, John, though. Thank you very much. And happy birthday to you as well, there. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was a good, uh, good, good couple of days. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Another circuit around the sun. Absolutely. And still Halloween to go. Boo. Yeah, so uh, so <laughs> that's a very low boo there, John. Uh, but still Halloween to go. Still, still some uh, some fun parties to come. Yes, I, mean, I was a chillaxed ghost. It was, it was. You're obviously not going to scare anybody with that. Uh, <laughs> but I wonder, did this episode scare anybody uh, out of their wits uh, watching it? Because um, quite a lot of uh, big deaths in this episode. Oh, yeah. Headcount so, central yeah. going on here, which suggests to me either yes, there were a lot of deaths, mm-hmm. or quite possibly. None. Yeah. Yeah. A few, there, might, there might be a few that aren't fully dead. And I hope so. But that does mean we're going to be entering our spoiler-filled discussion about the episodes. If you haven't seen it yet, head on over to HBO Max and watch it now and, uh, and find out what deaths we're talking about. Yeah. Derek, what are some of the episode details then? Well, the episode was directed by Joe Robertson, who directed episode five as well. And this episode was written by John Stevens. Uh, John Stevens, an executive producer on this season of... Uh, Pennyworth uh, has joined from the former uh, executive producers on Gotham. He did 13 episodes of Gotham, producer on 80 of the episodes uh, over there as well. And this is his second writing credit on Pennyworth. He wrote episode two uh, of this season as well. Yes, uh, a Gotham alumni. Yeah. Which was quite interesting because there was some great Gotham establishing shots as well again. We properly returned to Gotham this episode. Yeah. Yes, it did make me get goosebumps the hairs on my arms and the back of my neck stood up because <laughs> I don't know. There's just something about the establishing Gotham shots mm-hmm. in Gotham, which were really good, and it kind of kept that really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, as 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 uh, some of our fellow governors or fellow Gothamites may know, we did cover every single episode of five seasons of Gotham, um, with lots of interviews with the cast as well. So it's a very special place in our heart as old Gotham. So nice to see Pennyworth return over there, and. It's fun to have someone like John Stevens uh, behind this episode, given 
how many things are going on here because uh, he's well known for his uh, slightly outlandish episodes of Gotham things where you don't exactly know um, what to expect next. Yes, and mm. it formed uh, one of your birthday presents as well. Yes, John gave me a photographic representation of our first ever podcast, which was in the run-up to Gotham. It was Gotham yes. TV podcast's first episode, and it looks cool as heck. I can't wait to put that on the wall in the podcast room. Well, the, the second part of it is I need to get it framed. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> we will have it up and we will show it off on the Facebook group because it's very cool. It's very cool. Uh, good stuff. But let's get into the detail of the episode. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for Pennyworth Season 3, Episode 6, Hedgehunters? Sure. Ten years before being hired to protect Calper separatist leader Zara Kin, Alfie and Dave Boy kidnapped her father. Alfie is weighed down by his guilt, but after meeting and killing her untrustworthy contact and learning of Alfie's previous actions, Zara vows never to see him again. Alfie hopes to make amends by visiting the Hebrides in search of her father. Meanwhile, in northern England, Bet Sykes awakes to find John Salt waxing lyrical about his new plan. He wants to create an enhanced army to take the fight back to the English government and Captain Blighty. Bet escapes his clutches with Julie in tow, but is mortally wounded in the attempt and sends her baby to live with her sister Peggy before bleeding out on a park bench. Meanwhile, Thomas Wayne pays a visit to his father and family manor back in Gotham. After discussing their strained relationship, Thomas tells his father, love isn't enough, a sentiment he later seals with a bullet in an illegal lane of the city. I wasn't sure um, how much access uh, Pennyworth had to Crime Alley, and I'm not sure whether it was Crime Alley. I was searching uh, <laughs> the, the signage on the uh, the laneway where that bullet rang out uh, to see if it was the same place where uh, Thomas meets his untimely end in the future along with martha uh, so i was wondering whether this uh this scene took place but a shocking moment at the end Ooh, of the episode yeah, definitely uh, back in gotham but let's get into our major moments from the episode the big uh, the big points that we have our top three uh, we're going to start with alfie confronting his past um as this is obviously alfie pennyworth shows so uh, let's talk about what happens with him and miss kin in this episode um I kind of like the opening scene where we have the the full replay of what happened uh, 10 years beforehand where uh, it's Alfie and Dave Boy going in to um to kidnap effectively this uh, representative of of Culper uh, who happens to be uh, Miss Kin's father uh, kidnapping him on behalf of the British government. Uh, I like I like these opening scenes. I like those kind of flashbacks that we've had some of them in the past yeah. uh, to Alfie's past with Dave Boy but um this is the first kind of uh Secret Service mission almost that we've seen uh, for for Alfie. Uh, really like like those kind of moments where we get to look back uh, on this team together. Yeah, it, feel, it feels like really dark operations, doesn't mm-hmm. it? I, I really enjoyed that flashback. I loved um, seeing them sort of in action. Yeah, and of course, just tying it to Miss Kin and just that uneasiness um, from Alfie, and it's portrayed really well because he knows he was responsible for it. Yeah. He hands um, Mr. Kin over to MI6. Mm-hmm. And the other side of this I really enjoyed was with Prime Minister Aziz as well, mm-hmm. because Prime Minister Aziz was not giving an awful lot away here. And I like that they gave sort of a, a dubiousness to Aziz's intentions Absolutely. here. Because he could just be, you know, towing 
the the go- a governmental line. Mm-hmm. This, this notion that it was done in the past and it, it, it maintains so for the good of the Commonwealth. Yeah. Or it could be, given he asked Alfie to be her uh, bodyguard, mm-hmm. that there is some ulterior motive here of... Prime Minister Aziz to maybe undo the harm that that illegal dark operation uh, did for the country, maybe. possibly to return um, the the country to democracy. Uh, you know, maybe possibly. I don't know, yeah. but I like the fact that they left that wide open. Yeah, um, and that Aziz was as cagey as he was during the the episode. Yeah. Uh, with, with Alfie. And it's always been really hard to know where Aziz sits. And I like that they keep stressing that throughout the seasons, that you don't really know where he sits because his explanation makes a lot of sense. You know, I love his line where he says, um, maybe I don't know every piece of skullduggery that went on in former governments 20 years before uh, my placement here as prime minister or 10 years before this in this particular case. I do like that as Aziz is kind of going Maybe it's because I trust you and I believe that you're going to get a good job done. You know, maybe that's yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. But also, it could be something else. Maybe he expected that um, the blame would shift to Alfie when uh, Miss Kin found out about Alfie's involvement and he was the one that was killed. And Aziz is then ad- admonished completely and the UK government is admonished completely uh, of of the incident, effectively. Maybe that was the whole play. But uh, but I like this, that that's always a, a grey area with Aziz. Yeah, I mean, I like the notion that Aziz trusts Alfie's gut instinct. Yeah. Uh, you know, in, in a sense, he's already done that by letting him off uh, with the the whole escapade around the CIA and the breakout of Thomas from the Tower of London. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels as though, you know, at his core, Aziz is quite ethical, even though he does push those boundaries. And I'm not also saying that he's ethical or moral mm-hmm. all of the time, but certainly yeah. there is some kind of compass to how he acts. And I quite like that. And yeah. part of that seems to be, he can't do it officially, mm-hmm. but he'll do it through, Alfie. Absolutely. Well, again, as he's explained about, about letting him away with the Tower of London incident, uh, no particular proof to tie Alfie to it is what he's saying. Um, he'll probably end off behind bars at some point in the future, but until then, he has a use for him. Uh, and that's that's where he sits. So I like that, too. Um, the only thing I didn't... I, 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 wish about the flashback was that it maybe included Baza, who we yeah. saw in season one and season two. There were real pains to say that these three characters were very connected all the way throughout yeah. their military career. I know Gully Troy is also involved and he was the leader of their team uh, to begin with. That's how they're all formed into their team. But you kind of expect it's going to be a flashback 10 years ago that Baza would at least have been in that crew. Um, not sure why he wasn't or, or, or not sure if there's a reason if this is just a time when Dave Boy and, and uh, Alfie were off together. But given that they're still calling back to season one episodes, we hear Alfie telling the story of Esme from season one yeah. and how she died and uh, how that's had the repercussions on him and relationships from that point onwards. That continues to be a really important story. So I'm surprised there wasn't some kind of callback to, oh, remember that time, Dave Boy, when we were on that mission without Baza or something. Even even that might have been a little thing to explain. But um, but just since they're calling back to the whole series, I was surprised either not to see him or not to hear a mention of Baza. No, absolutely. Um, that would have been a really nice touch to have had uh, Baza in there. Mm-hmm. You know, such a staple of season one and season two. Yeah. His tragic death. So I think it would have been a nice call to do that. But I, I'm guessing it's probably just production. Maybe, 
yeah. aspects here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But I, I agree. I think it would have been a nice touch. Kind of cool. And then we have the big kind of showdown, uh, effectively, where uh, Alfie gives some guidance to uh, to uh, to Zara um, to arrange this meeting with the stranger, the person that we uh, that that she hasn't met before, who possibly has a lead on her father uh, to meet him at the the Queen Anne's Revenge uh, pub, his pub. Um, and then we have a big shootout, effectively. But I love the standoff moment. I love that this uh, stranger turns out to be the guy that informed on Miss Kin's father, the one that, that uh, effectively Alfie knocked out when they were kidnapping yes. her father. And he recognizes Alfie from his voice and from uh, that particular action. He, he knows exactly who he is. So there's this real moment of who is she going to choose? Is she going to uh, take the gun out and try and shoot Alfie? Or is she going to take out this stranger that she doesn't know because he's been the one that has been giving her all the information that she that she wants to know about her father effectively? Yeah, so. like he, he says that he's being held in the Hebrides. It's a, a prison for political prisoners mm-hmm. effectively. One where the, there is no court or jury. Yeah. It's just life sentences up in, in the Hebrides. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the fact as well with this that Alfie, in a sense, doesn't believe the informer because he knows he was the informer. Um, he knows immediately who the person is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, in a sense, saves himself from the wrath of Kin uh, when she pulls the gun on him after Alfie's secret is revealed to her yeah. that he d- kidnapped her father. But again, it's the instinct of Alfie asking the question, you know, what brought you to London? Mm-hmm. Was it the the big Commonwealth summit, yeah. or was it the promise of this contact to give you information about your father? Yeah. Is that what lured you to England? You know, we've attempts have been made on our life. Um so I I really like that. And I liked how Alfie phrased it, you know, with the promise to get her da- her her father by betraying her people. Mm-hmm. Because in in a sense the 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 deal here is that they can get a father, but she must turn over and um, sort the people that actually back her that yeah. have put their trust in her, you know, post her father's kidnap. Yeah. And that so, would that would totally take out the entire movement, effectively. The, yeah. This this movement that wants freedom for Kalpur in, in India. Um that that's such an interesting idea that she could have given all of that up um for uh, to, to get her father back, effectively, even though he was the leader of that group beforehand. Or, as Alfie says, maybe he's not even alive. Have no indication this guy yeah. could be absolutely lying exactly um, to her just to get that uh, to get her to give up the names. There's no that uh, it would all be going on trust, and he's an untrustworthy person since he's the one that turned in yeah. uh, Ken in the first place. Yeah. But I, I love that with the fallout of this, um, effectively, Ken gives Alfie a good slap around the old chops absolutely. again. Fabulous slapping in this show so far. You, they have been learning from uh, from RuPaul's Drag Race, where <laughs> yeah. where, uh, where RuPaul always gives the instruction on how to do the best slaps and reactions because they've done a lot of great ones. We've got some great ones with uh, Patrick Wayne earlier on the season, but this one really stands out because I love how Alfie does it. It's kind of like, oh, all right, I deserve that first slap. Gets slapped again and kind of, oh, I, I deserve that. And then he reaches out and stops the third slap. Yeah. It's like, okay. You've made your point. It's done now. I thought it was thought it was really well filmed and really well done as a scene. But you know, she wants security, and again, Alfie's instinct here is he knows something 
has is going on here with the informer. He's maybe less proud of his actions on the special operation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so goes to Dave Boy to say that they're going off to the Hebrides. I love the fact that in that moment, though, Dave Boy is effectively only just coming off his massive trip event, yeah. which... He thinks it's just lasted a few hours, but has been two days. Uh-huh. Um, like, doesn't he literally describe it? Yeah, he literally describes the last thing he remembers was being at that art exhibition. Yeah. Like, it's literally, he doesn't exactly. have any memory since then. And unfortunately, we did have one moment with Sandra coming in, giving a really important letter to Dave Boy to give to Alfie. It's hilarious. I love uh, the, the the way that we see it through Dave Boy's eyes, like we did last week with Alfie and the Top and Tails and the Kaleidoscope. Uh, this week we see uh, Sandra uh, dressed up as a, as some kind of um, fairy-type creature. Well, yeah, <laughs> Dave Boy says, you're a bit bright, aren't you? <laughs> exactly. And Sandra has no idea what's going on, but makes some promise to give this letter to Alfie, which he promptly eats. Um, and then when Alfie goes to wake him up later on, he's in his pants. The entire office is turned completely upside down and Dave Boy has absolutely no memory of it. Again, great comedy performance from Ryan Fletcher. Really, Definitely. really good. Yeah. Love it, love it. But they're off to the Hebrides. Um, this is the final moment that potentially they're off to the Hebrides to try and find yes. uh, Miss Kin's dad. So let's see. It's it's always a really weird one, though, to, to remember that this is only showing on HBO Max in the US. It's not being shown in England. And a lot of the references that they've got in here go with no explanation. Like, if you were in America, do you really know that the Hebrides are... They're, they're an island or an archipelago off the top of Scotland. Yeah, they're you've got real... the Hebrides and then Shetland, which is really yeah. far north. But it's off... their islands, chain of islands off the north... Uh, coast of scotland yeah, yeah it, fe- it feels like you know you, you kind of it's the equivalent of, of saying something like it's the siberia of scotland almost it's it's the it's what they should be saying in the show is just in case for only american viewers because you haven't been to the uk or you're watching this in the us and there's no uk audience for this yet maybe we need to explain those little moments and what this means to a person that lives in england you know but they don't don't even think about explaining that they just say hebrides people will get it it's an island prison, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they'll see it next week, I guess, if uh, if Alfie and Dave Boy are going off to their breeze. So maybe that's why they didn't explain it. Maybe, yeah. I think it, it will be shown yeah, anyway. It will, it will. Those are our first three deaths in the episode, the two security guards and uh, and the informant. Um, <laughs> that's the first three deaths were. we have. We move I think on. they're definitely dead. They're, I think they're definitely, definitely dead. Definitely well. dead. Yeah, yeah. Um, we move on to our next, uh, our next major point and our next major death. Yes, the murder of Patrick Wayne. <laughs> yes, yes, murdering Thomas. Yeah, um, I, I must yeah. say, I thought this was all re- very reminiscent for me with the establishing panning shots um, that we got twice here of mm-hmm. just this Gotham yeah. TV show. Sirens and going off. So um, I loved yeah. it. It really just threw me back to our early days of podcasting, seeing that. Uh, and it was really nice to, to see those panning shots of Gotham. Absolutely. And, and, I, and I, seeing Wayne Manor as well. Yeah, and I will call out those aren't the same shots. These are new shots. or yes. they're, they're definitely adjusted because the old Gotham shots used to have things like the Joker symbol painted on a wall here or there yeah. just to just to set you in that modern version of Gotham. So these may be the original plates that they shot uh, taken off, uh, That those kind of enhancements for the future of Gotham. But you could definitely feel it's the same type of city. Uh, so, it was re- yeah, it was really cool to, to see that, um, that this is where Thomas is. And back in a pretty famous location, the library in Wayne Manor in Gotham. Um, 
where we spent a lot of hours with older Alfred and young Bruce Wayne uh, yes. throughout the series. Now, of course, the show's been over in Gotham for three or four years. It's not the same set. It's a newly rebuilt set. It doesn't look exactly the same. Of oh, course, I but, think it was. Um, yeah, I think it was on on location. In Gotham? No, wow. in, no, in, in the UK somewhere, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I don't think it was a set. I think it was on location. Um, you, there's just something about it that you could tell. Yeah, yeah. But it's a, it's a location that we've seen before, not, yes. not the exact same location as, as exactly. the point, one that we spent a lot of time with in the show. So. But the, it was really good. I really enjoyed this um, sort of reunion of mm. Patrick and Thomas. I mean, certainly given the fallout that happened in London, in terms of his father, you know, in a sense, using him to try and get his lullaby potion back. Mm-hmm. Um, also with the fallout of what happened between Thomas and Martha. Um, so I, I oh, really yeah. enjoyed this. You know, it was all quite, um, it felt distant. You know, why yeah. have you come here? And I, I just really liked how they re- reminisced and it seemed like they were making up with with a hug you know both of them were sorry and then you get that line from thomas wayne as as we said in the synopsis which is you know love just isn't enough mm-hmm. and i mean i just thought that shot of them hugging um and with the mirror in the background mm-hmm. uh to, to seeing both sides of that hug from the one shot, I thought yeah. was really, really classy. It was, yeah, I absolutely loved it. Was. And I thought it gave it great feel and great depth. And also, interesting the line that Patrick says to, to Thomas, and and maybe to the point of the the shooting in the alleyway. Mm-hmm. He says, "Your anger has always been there, hidden." Mm-hmm. That almost his philanthropic nature or you know, for want of a better word, being a do-gooder yeah. is almost like a front. There, like there's a, a, a mm. deep anger hidden uh, mm. within Thomas. It's like and it's I, covering up the darkness inside. Yeah, and I thought yeah. that was really, really interesting mm. because I just, I hope this show explores that Yeah, for sure. And not just because, you know, the effects of the lullaby, but mm-hmm. what did Patrick mean here? Yeah. Um, so I, I really, really enjoyed this scene. Yeah, it was it was really interesting. There's point, lots of pointed dialogue, but yeah. Um, and again, yeah, the drop of the line of "love isn't enough." He's effectively they had the conversation saying there was love between them. Uh, Patrick saying, "I don't really know what changed. Everything changed. Nothing changed." You know, lots of back and forth, lots of kind of yeah. muddling of of a conversation. It's not a straightforward conversation where. Thomas runs out of the room and slams the door behind him, really angry at his father or anything like that. He said to him, I love you. Patrick has reiterated he loved him. There were many times they spent together, um, but things just separated and they seem to have come together and connected together. So the ending of the episode oh, yeah. where uh, where um, Patrick walks out of the cocktail bar, walks down a dark alley in Gotham, which we know should never do absolutely um, a big no and you, then, you would think thomas would have learned he should he should have well i guess he's he's going to stand out to most people uh, in the city now but um but the shot rings out and it's and it's uh it's thomas wayne disguised as the shadow uh, it's thomas wayne disguised as a shooter effectively yes. very similar to uh, as we mentioned earlier on the scene where thomas and martha get shot uh, in the alley in gotham kicking off batman's career effectively but this time the shooter is thomas wayne who pauses and says Farewell, father. Goodbye. Goodbye, dad, basically, um, to him. So 
what's happened here? What what's going on? Is it a plan between the two of them to for yeah. Thomas to take over the reins of Wayne Enterprises, which would seem odd? Is this really Thomas Wayne? Is this an unknown twin brother? Crazier things have happened in Gotham. Well, that's so, true. Um, t- so that would still explain why he said goodbye, Dad, to him. And this isn't Thomas Wayne. This is just a, an unknown brother. Or is Thomas still feeling the effects of the uh, mind control that he had? And this was the next mission he had was to kill his dad after killing his wife. Um, he happened to hear Sandra on the radio in Gotham and off he goes. Maybe that was it. It's number 10 in Gotham, I guess. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah, but it's maybe that Maybe that was the letter yeah. from Sandra was to say, I'm about to go to Gotham to release my song over there uh, in the US and I'm going to take my uh, might take my tour over to, uh, over to Gotham. Maybe that was the letter that... No, because that would have been to Alfie, so it's not that letter. <laughs> but uh, maybe that was the letter to Alfie to say she was going to go to Gotham yeah. or something like that. I, don't I know. mean, f- for me, there was a slight, on the close-up of Patrick, you know, you have Thomas pull out the gun, mm. and you see the two shots hit Patrick there in close-up, uh-huh. which I thought was really, really nicely done. But before the first shot rings out with that close-up, it is almost like Patrick gives some kind of acknowledgement that this is okay, son, you can do this. And I I just wondered whether I was reading too much into the expression um, on Patrick Wayne's face, Mm. and maybe so. But I wonder, you know, it's plausible. Patrick, you know, when they first meet, he's drinking in his Mm -hmm. dressing gown. His relationship with the CIA obviously on the rocks, mm-hmm. unlike his whiskey. Yeah. Um, and so I just wonder whether it is a plan for him to effectively disappear. Yeah. And that's why he's saying goodbye, Dad. Not so much because he's just killed him, but it's effectively Patrick has to go underground and, um, and go into hiding mm. and forget that he was ever Patrick Wayne. Yeah. You know, take on a new identity. Yeah. And it would explain how quickly Thomas ran out of uh, ran out of London and went to the airport to go to Gotham. You know, that's as if this was the plan, if this was the uh, the way out for uh, for Patrick Wayne underneath the cosh of the CIA. Maybe, yeah, that's a, that's a good that's a good shout. Um, I also thought the look could be. Oh well, I guess shoot me now. I shouldn't have walked in a dark a dark alleyway in, in Gotham. Maybe that was it. Could have been that as well. <laughs> but yes, a real a real surprise, a real shocker to have uh, have Thomas Wayne the murderer, effectively, um, Father Bruce Wayne. But I do think you know the echoing of that discussion about the darkness inside Thomas, given. Bruce Wayne grows up to be Batman. There's there's also yes. that nice uh, relationship between uh, father and son in there as well. Yeah. Um, but. Patrick did call out when Thomas came into the room. He did call out. I knew you'd be coming. It's not. It was no surprise to him that Thomas would be returning at some point um, back to Gotham to to see him. So yeah. Uh, so I, I kind of like that as well. That, those kind of mentions. Yeah, it was good. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Again, is he? Isn't he dead? Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Uh, but shall we move on to the sweeping vistas of Northern England? Oh yes. Um, the, oh, the, the the country within a country, yeah, um, and it to almost the death like, of Bet. Yeah, it almost feels like that's what it should have said. That, it did feel like that's that, how they set it up. But Northern England is a big place, yeah, and but certainly is a country within a country. Um, but I'm wondering if that's what they should have been establishing in the show. Really, is that now the the English League who've taken over London, who are now the new. Um, the new government of England 
that they don't control Northern England and this is another country that Bet is in because the way that the way it looks, given how big Northern England is, and John is from Northern England to to uh, to make that point, but given how big it is, it feels like um they're they've just kind of gone somewhere random in northern england because it doesn't matter everything else is, everything else in england is london which is a very londoner perspective isn't it yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it felt like a weird one but yes it is a major point a major moment the death of Bess sykes so last episode we saw Bess being uh captured by new uh swiss army john yes uh, <laughs> I, I, that's it it's not just the death of Bess sykes it mm-hmm. is the you know the 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 trail of breadcrumbs has led to John Salt and it's the death of John Salt mm. potentially. Um, but I did I absolutely loved um, you've turned yourself into a Swiss Army knife from Bet <laughs> with his new kind of Assassin's Creed uh, retractable dagger mm-hmm. from his forearm, uh, which I thought to be honest was used spectacularly well by Bet Sykes mm-hmm. after. After John Salt has, has really ambushed her in this huge nursery of, of babies mm-hmm. where Beth is trying to sort of reconnect uh, and, and get back Julie. Mm-hmm. Um, she is ambushed from behind with the dagger through her, which is her mortal wound, yes. if we are to believe that she is dead. Yes. But I love in the fight, firstly... The use of the gun to the head, I thought that had taken him out, but he was still alive, so it must have just been to the neck. Mm-hmm. But as he's strangling her, that she uses the, the dagger yeah. to effectively stab him and, and take him out, I thought was great. So it was really just how they choreographed that, I thought was just really nicely done yeah. using John Salt's latest new sort of surprise weapon against him absolutely absolutely yeah really really good like there's there's so many so many good things going on in these scenes you know we have uh bet being sent off for execution i love because it's bet sykes you know she's going to get out of this but i love that bet's uh almost interrogating her executioners to find out uh, what her next step should be when she kills them. Uh, she's going, so where's this uh, nursery that John Salt was talking about where you put Julie? Um, just tell me, oh, it's around the back. All right, grand. Um, do you want a blindfold? No. Um, why? Well, because it would, would make this uh, more difficult and what's more difficult um, than shooting blindfolded if you're using a teddy gun. Uh, fantastic moment yes. as she uses the, the teddy bear that has the gun placed inside it to kill Well, instead of the Tommy gun, of exactly, course. Exactly, the teddy yes. gun. Yes. The teddy gun. Absolutely. Really like that. Yeah. I also like Bet's final words to, to John Salt as well. I finally shut you up. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Which Absolutely. was a... Simple and to the point. Yes. Uh, but again, the question mm-hmm. raised here, given John Salt was more machine and teeth yeah. than he was man, <laughs> is he savable by, you know, the, the doctors of this outpost, this hidden outpost yeah. of the Raven Union? Yes. And similarly... Do they just turn him off and on again? Yeah. Basically, the, the point. Yeah. Well, I, I think there's one indication... That John Salt is not dead. Yes. Which I think is because um, in that moment where he threatens to blow up the carriage that supposedly has Julie inside, yes. um, he gets the information out of Beth that Francis Gaunt is the one that turned him in. And I think you don't drop that line in the episode and have John Salt learn that it's Francis Gaunt that turned on him. Yeah. Unless you follow it up with John Salt coming back and going after uh, Francis Gaunt. I think that's kind of what you have to do uh, with that scene. Otherwise, 
it doesn't really make sense to go uh, that far with the scene. Absolutely. And also the fact that he has introduced, you know, his new line of soldiers mm-hmm. based on uh, Captain Blighty, yeah. you know, to his rationale, the reason why the Raven Union lost was because we were out-evolved mm. by yeah. Gulliver Troy, Captain Blighty, when he um, took in Project Stormcloud's uh, the, the chemical yeah. and turned into the effective fighting machine that was used against the Raven Union. And that so he has, cre- yeah, yeah, and won the war. So he's mm. created his own Gulliver Troy here. Yeah. yeah. So again, yeah, showing all of that, you know, otherwise it's a massive um, set and a, yeah. a, a massive piece of production to end the Raven Union. Yeah. But what a way for John Saul to go out. Um, yeah. yeah. Stabbed through with his own blade. Um, but let's talk quickly about the death of Bess then. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, that's a, it's a real surprise. Um, she's gotten out of tough scrapes in the past. I kind of like the idea of her going to the bus and leaving a message to send the baby off to Peggy, uh, her sister, also in Northern England. Um, but Beth didn't even sign it. So effectively, Peg will now get um, a baby on her doorstep with just the address, right? She won't get anything, any information about who this baby is. Unless she recognizes the handwriting, of course. Well, that's true. That's true. But uh, it's just her address written on it. So, yes, she might she might recognize the handwriting. I thought um, the address wasn't enough for the bus driver to be able to get Julie to Peggy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No uh, no postcode. No postcode. But no, I, didn't, I just thought it was a street name. So I guess it's a different time. Was she quite close? Yeah. She's quite close, maybe, to Beth. I guess so. <laughs> but coming back to Beth, like, I'm really hoping she's not dead, mm-hmm. to be honest. I mean, she is fantastic in this show i think one of the best parts of it maybe it's time absolutely but i really hope uh, that bet is alive still and if not then i really hope that peggy comes back because yeah. i thought the two of them were phenomenally good together two of them two of them are great but but what a standout of the series Paloma faith has been yeah you absolutely know, just her delivery of uh of lines her her comedy throughout the series has been so so good and it's always been interesting because Paloma faith has got a music career and a very successful music career at that it's not just that um that she sang a few songs and did a bit of acting she had a very successful music career that she's um put on hold uh, to do Pennyworth for the last few years. So she is quite, she has got the other career to go to. Uh, so I always wondered whether she was too big for this show or whether she was going to move on at some point in the future. So I'm not sure whether we're going to be able to get back back in the show. Yeah. But she has been such a central part of the show that it's a real shame to lose her if that's the reason she's moving on. I know uh, Paloma Fates also had a child for the first time and she does want to spend a lot more time with the child and that will be another reason why she may not be able to balance three careers, you yeah. know, a mother and, and uh, a tra- on tour uh, with concerts and also acting. That's a lot of things to take yeah. on. Um, so I wonder if that's if that's the reason that we uh, that we may have lost uh, lost Beth here. But, uh, but a great send-off to her. She got to take out the former head of the Ravens League in a 
really dramatic, awesome fight and had to have a great moment with Julie where she's telling her, you know, you were loved. Always remember what you were loved throughout your life. I'm sorry, I'm not going to be there to tell you that. But uh, I really, really did like that moment. Yeah. I thought that was really good. No, absolutely. Uh, Farewell to at least three people in the episode uh, who we know are definitely dead. And uh, maybe we'll see at least one or two of the other three yes. uh, back at a later episode. <laughs> Or they could all be dead as well. Or they could all be dead as well. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, anything else about the episode we need to talk about, John? Um, the only note I have is Alfie interrupting Mary and Roger reconnecting <laughs> yep. uh, as he goes to get his gun. Um, and then also the absolute uh, great line from Alfie to uh, Zara Kin where he says, my mum had it up the chimney. And Zara says... Is that a thing in England? Um, so I think there was a bit of double meaning going on yes. uh, in the, that exchange. Alfie, of course, talked about the gun that was that his mother uh, put up the chimney, um, but a very kind of Benny Hill, uh, well, a very British stereotypical type of uh, double entendre there. Certainly, yes, yeah, a double very meaning. Very good. That was in uh, my explanations for the episode. That was in my, uh, my bucket of things that we needed to explain in the episode. So uh, having it up the chimney means putting your gun up the chimney. That's occasionally something that people who have guns in England might do. <laughs> That's the only explanation I have for it. And no other explanation at all. Double entendre. Um, well, we are a PG podcast. We certainly So are. whether we can actually maybe go into that kind of uh, slang, I don't know. Uh, no, we can't. No, no. We, we've gone as far as we can go, John. Uh, we'll have to move on to, to our next piece of, uh, of slang Indeed. to explain. Um only other one I have really is Alfie uh, just saying uh, I could name myself the King of Bethnal Green. Um, which is an area in London. Yes. No, really need need to explain that one. I have my first uh, my first American one um, for this episode. Oh, very good. Go which on. Doesn't doesn't help our viewers and uh, the viewers on HBO Max because they probably know it. But um, what I was intrigued by was just the turn of phrase from Patrick, where uh, Thomas Wayne arrives and um, Patrick's drinking, as you said, and he goes, um, "What do you expect me to do? Tear my shirt?" Yeah. And I was going, that's a weird phrase. What does that mean? And tear my shirt is actually slang for crying. So did okay. you expect me to be sitting here crying when you arrived? So our first American slang uh, on the show. Excellent stuff. That, that I didn't understand and yeah. I had to look up. And of course, when I read it everywhere, the explanation for tear my shirt was rip my shirt open. <laughs> but I did find an explanation that means crying. So I presume that's what they're meant yes. uh, in that scene. That makes much more sense in context. Definitely. Did you pick up any this episode, John, at all? Uh, no, none from me. No other ones. I think we're getting better. I think we're getting uh, closer to understanding every word that's being said yes. uh, on screen now. Uh, I, I think so. Yeah. But again, uh, fellow governors, fellow listeners, if, you, if you've heard any that we didn't pick out, uh, please email in, into us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. John. Overall, what did you think of the episode? How would you rate it? I really enjoyed this episode. It had a lot going on in yeah. it. And um, I, I, I would give this four hedge clippers out of five. Okay. You know, again, <laughs> are they dead? Aren't they? Just because we've got that so many times in Gotham. Mm -hmm. And I feel some going a bit too soon, like Bet Sykes. But yeah. for other reasons, she may actually be dead. Yeah. Something about the murder of Patrick Wayne and just his knowing look before the first shot, it mm. almost felt like a permission um, to to do this. And so also I, painting Thomas as a murderer in, in the show is exactly, quite a big thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I think there's a few of these aren't necessarily what they appear to be. Mm -hmm. 
And um, certainly the most obvious would be John Salt um being able to be sort of um welded back together um <laughs> as a result yeah. of the wounds. And so that was really good. I thought Alfie and um and Azara Kin here were really good with Alfie's kind of just unease at knowing what he had done mm-hmm. and that kind of split and I, I i think with um patrick and thomas at wayne manor i just thought that was a really great exchange yeah. like with bet and julie on, on the the bench before she hands um the the bus driver julie to send off to her sister peggy so mm-hmm. like for me this is four hedge clippers out of five Excellent. I'd be I'd be with you on that. I think it's a really high um, episode for me this season because so much happened um, outside of just the Alfie storyline with him reflecting on his past and this aim for the future. His new job now is going to try and uh, try and get Miss Kin's uh, dad back. You know that's a yeah. that's a big mission for the end of the season potentially, uh, or just for next episode. You never know with uh, with Pennyworth. <laughs> Sometimes uh, something that seems like a big a uh, big moment can be really small. But the deaths in this episode, the the these big twists of people uh, that you didn't expect uh, to die so soon. We only saw John Salt for the first time last episode and he's been mentioned the entire season so far and now potentially dead. Beth Sykes being such a big character in the show and now potentially gone and we only were introduced to Thomas's father, Patrick Wayne, this season and now potentially dead yeah. at the hands of Thomas Wayne. These are all big shocking moments uh, in this episode so a really good uh, just over halfway point in the season with four more episodes left so uh, I really enjoyed it. Good stuff. Let's head on to our Royal Mail feedback section and get your thoughts on last week's episode. And as I mentioned, we have a few pieces of uh, of feedback on this episode as well. John, do you want to kick us off with our first piece of feedback? Yes, we got an email from Coffee and Vodka on both episodes four and five, who says, Greetings, fellow diplomatic defenders. In a feast or famine programming schedule, if you find yourself closer to the latter, it's nice to have a show as meaty as Pennyworth as one of your last couple of meals. Mm. While humorous, the show has a gravitas that I can't quite explain. Maybe it's the grounded solidity of the plots, all the well-defined characters, but whatever it is, it works well. The exchanges between Thomas and Alfie concerning what's right versus a hefty payday with the right coming out on top provide the continuation of a mental segue from profit-driven investigator to justice-supporting butler. Mm -hmm. Of course, the mind control plot couldn't wrap up early, all tied up in a pretty little CIA bow. Instead, it continues to be the gift that keeps on giving, as Francis Fuchs with Dave Boy's noggin... (laughs) figured it to be him behind the mask it was nice to finally be right about something do you think we're looking at a proto scarecrow here Mm. could be indeed mind controlling uh drugs yes yeah possibly coffee and vodka continues she hulk did for men on dates what stephen king's it did for clowns I don't know what Mary's Gentleman is about, but crumpets to crumbs, you can bet it's no good. I was only kidding about Beck confronting Salt, pram in tow. I thought for sure she would have left her with a good doctor as a take care of this baby or die deal, but it was just another Sykes out. (laughs) Not really liking the direct connection of Alfie being the abductor of Zara Kin's father, 
Lazy writing to generate instant drama, somewhat cracking the aforementioned grounded solidity. Mm. Other than that, I liked every minute of these episodes. Four pram holsters, missed millions, and altered salts out of five. Peace and take care, coffee and vodka. Excellent stuff. Thanks very much for your thoughts, Coffee and Vodka. I, I really love the idea of a proto-scarecrow here, someone that's possibly using the fear toxin uh, started back here in tablet form uh, <laughs> for uh, for Francis Fuchs uh, to share around um, to get just get the upper echelon of society, uh, the all the arty crew all addicted to them, uh, get those hallucinogens um, like that. Good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I do know what you mean about Roger. I think that there's something... Maybe he is just the anxious, nervous kind yeah. of gentleman, but you just don't know that yeah. you, it could always be something more sinister underneath. That really could. It really could. I, I like to think it is just how nervous you would be after being married to a woman for so many years and she went and ran, ran away publicly with a very well-known figure. <laughs> I think that idea of him getting into any relationship at all is difficult. And the amount of guns that are waving around when you're in a relationship with Mrs. P um, and Alfie's running in and, the ha- in and out of the house carrying weapons in England uh, again. I know they've just gone through a civil war in this version of England, but uh, but still, uh, people waving guns around all the time would make me a little bit more nervous, uh, certainly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, good stuff, Coffee and Vodka. Thanks so much uh, for the thoughts on episode four and five. Mm-hmm. Also, Victor Von Doom says, Greetings, Batverse. Nice fake out on the Guy Fox mask. What is Fuchs up to? I never suspected he would be involved. I was wondering if Trish would reappear. Nice to have another wild card in the plot. Alfie is quite the player. Any woman that crosses his path and he has to have her. Alfie's exploits could have been a template for Ian Fleming or perhaps the other way around. I have high hopes for Mrs. P and Roger, though. Uh, Welcome back, Bet. I was really surprised at the appearance of Francis Gaunt uh, after last season. Bet should have expected something different from that fiend Jean Salt, though. Will Peg come to save her? Again? What of the baby? What the F is Thomas Wayne up to going to Gotham to confront his dad, maybe? My favourite quips from this episode, Aziz, no doubt you'll be back behind bars at some point, but until then, your services could be useful. I did pick out the quote from Dave Boy as well. I had a keen to chin that man for what he did to me jacket. <laughs> Cheerio, badverse, Victor Von Doom. Good stuff. A lot of, a lot of answers to uh, to Victor's questions in this episode. Yeah, um, well, exactly. Mm. Um, definitely. Yeah. Uh, sadly, no Peggy just yet. Yeah. And not coming to save uh, Beth, but potentially saving Julie, though. Yes, so. for sure. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, I was surprised with Francis Gaunt uh, reappearing in episode five. Mm-hmm. And, and it was a good... Um, it's a good scene. Good scene. Yeah. And I'm glad she was back in it, uh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, thanks so much, uh, Victor. Yeah, thanks, Victor. Yeah. Over on Facebook, uh, Jamie Lawton says... Didn't see that the man behind the mask was the artist Francis Fuchs, but there again, they were pronouncing his name a bit odd. And when the reveal came, it was, of course, Fawkes, as in 5th of November. Yes, yes. that was uh, fantastic, Jamie. Uh, I never would have picked that out. We, we've we mentioned before, we don't always get to see uh, the credits at the end of the episode or subtitles for the episode. So we were taking it on merit as how people were pronouncing his name. They were just trying to avoid, uh, avoid uh, saying the other word, uh, calling him uh, calling him Francis Fuchs. But Francis Fox, as yes. in Guy Fox, as in 
5th of November connected to yes. V for Vendetta. That is a fantastic catch there, Jamie. You like that a lot. Yeah, and Toffee Apples. Yeah, yeah. really good catch there, Jamie. It makes uh, total sense now. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much for that insight. Really good. Uh, Parthenia Locklear says... I've been wary of Dave Boy's girlfriend since the beginning. Now she's got him into a, this mess. Happy for Mrs. P, our bet, once again in a mess. I wonder, will all of these stories come together or cross at some point? Or are these just very different threads? Mm. I know what you mean. Gotham, whilst it had overarching storylines and that, it was also, you know, a lot of separate different threads mm-hmm. and quite independent episodes in some cases certainly in the first season and it's yeah it's interesting to see how at this moment the story of um miss kin is going to connect with potentially the the rise of the raven union Mm. or their continued existence how it could yeah it's a it's difficult but it it might just be around more how they impact alfred yeah to form i think as coffee and vodka said to you know to go from profit driven to being you know conscious of the justice involved yeah yeah absolutely uh, it is it is something that we'd spoken about at the start of the season you know the way some of the amount of storylines down to characters are, are pushed into an episode sometimes it feels like nothing's connected and we still have that there's the stories going on that aren't connecting with anything at all other than what happened last season and the repercussions of that but i do wonder if we're going to get more things crossing over as the season goes on uh good stuff thanks Bethenia. yeah thanks Bethenia. well done for catching up i think Bethenia was just starting uh season one about three or four weeks yes, ago wasn't exactly it? Yeah. Well done. Uh, some more thoughts on episode six. First up, Jamie Lawson says, What a great episode. Bet has some great one liners. I can't believe that is the last we see of her. Pretty sure she'll be back. Mm-hmm. Similar to us, Jamie, and those thoughts. Yeah, definitely. We also had an email in from Coffee and Vodka on this episode. He says, Greetings, fellow daddy death dealing defenders. Finally, a show all about the hazards of parenting. There's Papa Patrick perforated in an alley by son Thomas, which I'm sure karma will have no role in the future of. (laughs) New mother Bess bleeding out after a difficult adoption. Bit of assault in that wound. Mary confusing her poor son Alfie by revealing herself to be a woman, a person, as well as a mother. Surprisingly, without involving yet another fatality one out of three is not bad (laughs) they managed more or less to make a bit of lemonade out of the alfie as abductor of zara's father contrivance there's that parent thing again spinning it into a story of atonement even foreshadowing it with the jailbreak of thomas a couple of episodes ago it's a safe bet sykes isn't dead considering her major role in the series at least i hope it is the same probably holds true for multiple daddy john just taking him out of the game for a while but only time and another season may tell still the highlight of the show was dave boy's continued hallucinations i'll have what he's having please four (laughs) twitchy teddy finger trigger fingers edible dear johns and nightmarish nurseries out of five peace and take care coffee and vodka Thanks so much, Coffee and Vodka. Um, yep, totally with you and I think with a lot of other people and with a lot of the other fellow governors um, that Bet Sykes hopefully isn't dead. We'll, yeah. we'll all keep that hope alive. And uh, loving uh, your multiple Daddy John's mm. uh, comment, as well as it's a safe Bet Sykes. Very nice. 
that's very good pretty good that's pretty good um, <laughs> very good but um i do wonder on that moment where we were presented with um john salt's babies effectively all the babies that were in the nursery where did he get all them from is he kidnapping babies all across the country or do they just all happen to walk in and he takes them um well i'm guessing that julie was ultimately destined to go there mm-hmm. that it the the couple that bet sykes killed it wasn't actually theirs or if it was because they're still committed ravens mm-hmm. that um they were effectively giving it over to to john salt babies in exile yeah whatever's going on there and i'm guessing it's for the the new army yeah yeah i wonder if he's aging up the babies so that they can become members of the army is that one of the things we'll see as the episodes go on i guess uh i I can't i can't guess where it's gonna go uh for this season at all no not at all well thanks so much coffee and vodka yeah thanks coffee and vodka and finally, Victor Von Doom for episode six says, Greetings, Batverse. This episode was a real downer until Alfie walked in on Mary and Roger getting their groove on. I have never laughed so hard. The look on Alfie's face was priceless. <laughs> I am so happy for Mary and Roger. I'm not surprised, though, that Zara knows her way around firearms. Mm-hmm. How long will it take Dave Boy to come down off his trip? That must have been some high-end stuff Sally gave him. Only Bet would keep a pistol in a teddy bear. It's a teddy gun, Victor. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I love that girl. We cannot lose her. I was happy to see Salt go down, or will his mechanics save him? I was both entertained and confused with the episode. Cheerio, Batverse, Victor Von Doom. Great stuff, Victor. Mm-hmm. Uh, again... Can't echo the sentiments enough. We cannot lose um, Bet Sykes. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think we definitely need Salt to, as you say, uh, rise up from the mechanics uh, yard as well, for sure. Uh-huh. And um, so it's because there's so much story left to tell, and there's no, there's nobody else. He hasn't handed off to his second in command, who's going to exactly. s- explain the plan next week. But I, I love your description of the episode. That's both entertained and confused yes. uh, with this episode, as you can often feel when episodes are coming out weekly, especially when they're when they give you you know three major deaths or six uh, big deaths uh, in one episode like this. So, um, so I, I get that. I get that. Yeah. No, I, I can absolutely get where you're coming from uh, on that, Victor. <laughs> and it's certainly sometimes I think you know happened in Gotham as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But at least we're entertained, as I said. Exactly. Good stuff. Thanks so much for all your thoughts on the episodes. If you want to email us, you can email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or pop on over to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries. And we have a spoiler post up every week for each of the episodes of Pennyworth. Um, We will be back next week with our chat about Pennyworth Season 3, Episode 7, Don't Push It, on HBO Max. Do you know what I'd like to know, John, though? Go on. Because we're getting the episodes in advance and don't have access to HBO Max, I have no idea what time these episodes come out. So each week, I'm wondering when to release the podcast. <laughs> Sometimes it's like, you know, I get the I get the tweet that comes out at about 5 p.m. our time in, in, in the UK and Ireland uh, saying it's now available. But I still don't know what time it comes out at. Um, I've seen people watching it earlier on in the day and I've seen people watching it later, obviously, when uh, the world wakes up outside of uh, Ireland or the UK. But I don't know what time it yeah, comes out I know, at. I know. So if any of our wonderful fellow governors could tell me what time episodes come out on HBO Max, I'd love to know. 
Yeah, it would be good to know. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Thanks so much for joining us. Talk to you again next time. Yeah, thank you so much, fellow governors, for joining us. It is a pleasure talking all things Pennyworth, mm. as always. Yeah. Uh, but remember, in the meantime, keep watching, keep listening, and be wary of dark alleys. Mm-hmm. And happy birthday, John, again. Thank you. And happy birthday to you as well, Derek. And happy birthday to everybody out there that's, yes. uh, that has a birthday right now. <laughs> and whilst I'm on the podcast uh-huh. here, thank you to all the fellow defenders and listeners who wish me a happy birthday as well yeah. on the R feed. It was very, very nice awesome. and very, very appreciated. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks once again. Talk to you again next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.